And, you know, it's interesting because I did reach that point of burnout many times, you know, and I kind of bounced back, but it, it took the pandemic plus burnout yeah. to really, you know, for me to take that big jump into like quitting my job and starting my own business. Welcome to Recharting Your Life with Hope. I'm Hope Cook, creator and host. I'm a mom, physician assistant, writer, and life coach. Two years ago, I was feeling stuck, restless, overwhelmed, and I felt like I wasn't where I was supposed to be, but I had no idea what that even meant. And the crazy part is my life had turned out pretty awesome, at least on paper, but I couldn't figure out what was wrong or why I felt out of alignment. A series of books and podcasts and conversations changed my life and revealed my next journey one step at a time. My purpose right now is to help you wake up to your soul's purpose by sharing conversations with amazing women who've walked in your shoes. Keep listening and the answers to your next step will come, I promise. We're all here for a reason, and I'll help you figure out what that is so you don't have to waste another minute sleepwalking through your life. I definitely don't have it all figured out, so I'll also share the ups and downs of my own journey with you. So if you've been thinking about hiring a life coach, or if you have no idea what a life coach is, and you're thinking, well, I don't know, I probably need one because I'm stuck, and a lot of what Hope says sort of resonates with me call me. Well, actually, don't call me. Let's, let's schedule a time to talk. So you can email me hope.cook at gmail.com or go to my website, coachhopecook.com. And there's a place on there you can schedule a free discovery call. And what I've started doing is offering sort of a mini coaching session for free because so many people don't know what life coaching is. So you have nothing to lose. There's no pressure. So I highly recommend it. All right. Welcome, everybody. Today, we have Michelle Gobato. Michelle is going to tell us about her journey. And like so many of us, she went through burnout. She sort of started on a new journey after the pandemic or during the pandemic because we're still in it. Um, so she's going to tell us how she launched a company and started a podcast and is doing all sorts of exciting things. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you, Hope. I'm so glad to be here. <laughs> yeah. So Michelle was telling me before we started recording about how she's always worked in tech and just sort of what led to her first burnout. So Michelle, do you mind starting with that? Sure. Um, yeah. So I've been in tech for over 10 years and and I've had multiple burnouts over this 10 years period, I would say. Uh, the first one was in the very early days of, you know, my first job in the startup. Um, I guess looking back at that time, I was learning to 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 thrive in a very uncertain environment, which is a startup environment. So basically, you are constantly, you know, you're wearing a multiple hats. You're working really late nights. You're excited about the product. You're excited about the uh, like your customers. Mm -hmm. It's it's a very exciting uh, environment to work in a startup in a tech startup. But at the time, you know, another thing that happens a lot in in tech, which I today do not agree with, but there is this this mentality of like hustle mentality yeah. of like working late hours and just pushing, 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 pushing. And I did that back then. 
Mm-hmm. And of course, I, I remember that first burnout. I I just like stared at a blank wall for like three days. Mm-hmm. I just was like, you know, um, mentally drained to a point where I had to take days off. And I was just like, because I didn't know how to like regulate my energy, right? Yeah. That's Michelle was saying that, you know, your nervous system gets so accustomed to that high energy and, you know, let's go, 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 let's do the hustle, let's start all these new companies. And then you can just sort of like you literally hit a wall, it sounds like. Yeah, it literally felt like I I hit a wall. And yeah, exactly. So as your nervous system is adapting to like this dynamicism, you know, of working at a very early stage company or, or whatever company you're in. You know, I think the importance of listening to your body and like paying attention and respecting it is something that I had to learn the hard way over the years. But back then I was like, you know, so excited and I didn't really understand the signs. And Mm -hmm. I got to that point of like complete, you know, hit the wall, stop everything and recharge. What were your Um, symptoms back then? Do you remember what your body was going through? Yeah, I, I remember just like extreme tiredness and, and but it wasn't so much physical, it was mental. It was yeah. like, like I said, I, I didn't really want to listen to music. I didn't want to stimulate myself in any way, shape or form. I literally, like I remember sitting on the couch and like looking at a wall or like I didn't mm-hmm. turn on the TV or anything like that for a few days. Yeah, I was just like trying to like stay quiet and stay still because that's what I felt my brain needed was just to to pause everything you know and to get Mm -hmm. like to breathe again (laughs) in the old Um, days I wonder if that's what they called a nervous breakdown you know like just sitting staring what did your family members or friends think about it did they have any idea this was going on I think my boyfriend at the time we we were living together so he knew but you know it wasn't like I was completely you know, everything stopped. I was, of course, eating, drink, you know, like mm-hmm. doing the normal things. But in terms of just work or reading or like trying to do something, mm-hmm. I wasn't doing anything like that for a little bit. And um, yeah, and I, I don't really remember at the time, but I think, you know, I just realized I needed a little break. And I remember my company was so sweet. They sent me flowers because oh, wow. <laughs> they were just like, they realized that I had, you know, really pushed myself so hard and they were like, take your time. You know, we really appreciate your hard work. Here's some, you know, flowers. So, so it was very sweet and I felt very like nurtured uh-huh. by the company as well, which was very nice. Um, but yeah, then I regained, you know, um, I went back to it and, and, you know, again, I restarted, like I basically, after that, started at another company at a very early stage. Don't really remember being burned out at that, at that point, but you are working a lot. You are undergoing a lot of, you know, you're figuring product market fit, you're, you're learning as you go. So it demands a lot from you, mm-hmm. uh, energetically speaking. And so certain things that I started to notice back then was just like how, you know, my diet influenced how my energy levels were (laughs) and like exercise is so important. You know, I'm someone who like doesn't really exercise until I exercise and then I get in the groove. Yeah. And and so just learning how to use these resources um, that are very available to us to help, you know, 
I guess the key is like, really, how do you manage your energy so mm -hmm. that you don't burn out? Yeah. But sometimes, you know, even after years of doing that last year, I had a major burnout. <laughs> yeah, it almost feels like you have to go through it several times before you realize how how your job yeah. or how your pace is affecting you. Yeah, it really feels like you just learn by by going through it, you know, because it's yeah, it's like you push your boundaries. And sometimes, you know, it takes a long time, at least for me, it took multiple times to get to a point where I was like, okay, this is not sustainable. I don't mm -hmm. want to go through this again. It, it's counterintuitive. It's, it's counterproductive. Mm -hmm. So, um, for example, last year or not last year, well, last year. Yeah. So I, you know, during the pandemic, of course, I was working from home. There was a little bit of almost like a a less uh, my, my lifestyle, my routine became less dynamic in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. Like before the pandemic, I was commuting to downtown Los Angeles from oh my, my house gosh. and that was like an hour yeah. each way. So I had two hours in the car driving. That's when I became a, an avid podcast listener. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. And um you know, and then I was working again at like a technology company, kind of startup-ish still, so very demanding. And yeah. and after I would go to yoga or I would go have dinner with a friend or with my mom and I would go to a concert, I was very, I was on the go like all the time. Yeah. And, um, and then the pandemic hit and all of a sudden no more commuting no more trips, no, like literally no social life for at least, you know, the very beginning, I was yeah. at home all the time. And so it gave me the space to really think about and go internally, right? And, uh -huh. and, and start to like, ask questions like, is this what I want? You know, am I being intentional about what I'm doing? Or am I just going with the flow of because I don't have even time to think about it. Yeah. You and know, do I want to so do busy. And sorry, and do I want to do this for the next 20 years? Yeah, exactly. So my job at the time was incredible. Like I had a, you know, a good job, um, good company. I liked my coworkers. I actually enjoy what I did day to day. Mm -hmm. But what I realized is uh, perhaps the industry is not a place I really see myself growing and and wanting to be like a, a thought leader let's say in the mm -hmm. industry that i was in and and i was like you know i feel like i i, I got to a point you know, I, I think it's 2020 where i had already 10 years of like this experience working in very early stage companies helping them build a foundation mm -hmm. to grow and and as you work in startups you have all of your coworkers, most of them are very entrepreneurial in nature as well, yeah. right? Because to work in like an early stage company, you need to like that right. type of stuff. And so a lot of, yeah, a lot of the companies that I've worked at were people that I had worked with in the first company I was at because everyone's starting businesses. Mm -hmm. They're like, hey, I'm starting a business. You want to come and join us? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So, um, so one of my you know, friends from the previous, the first company I was at reached out to me and was like, I'm looking to start a company. Do you want to join me? I'm looking for a co-founder. 
And because I already knew him, I knew we would we work really well together. I knew we had very complementary skill sets, but like very similar values. Mm-hmm. I was like, this feels like the right person to start a company if I am ever to start a company. Yeah. So that was the moment I was like, it made sense. And in, in my soul, I was like, it feels right. And I don't really know how to explain why, but it felt right. Yeah. I was going to ask, what did that feel like? <laughs> but you said it was hard to explain. Yeah. What do you remember yeah. about it? Yeah. So it was kind of interesting how that whole thing happened. Cause like I mentioned, it was the pandemic helped me pause for a minute. I wasn't like frantically going and mm-hmm. coming all the time. So I had a lot of time to reflect i would say and i started therapy at the time with like this incredible therapist who is like a jungian therapist so she Uh like helped me decipher my dreams like my subconscious stuff like it was really cool and i still work with her because i'm like i'm never stopping it's so much (laughs) fun and i'm learning so much um anyway so i i felt like i was working through a lot of self-limiting beliefs yeah with her and and the pandemic so i was i was i would say in a much more um in touch with myself place than i was before because before i was very distracted by everything that was going on right Mm -hmm. i felt like everything was great i was like it's great you know yeah it's fun i was having a lot of fun but i wasn't necessarily going in the path that was very aligned with me it was like my soul So yeah, the pandemic, the silver lining in a lot of ways for me personally was that it gave me the open the space to to really go internally and and do this work. Yeah, that's what I've seen so many women say this, Michelle, like the pandemic slowed them down enough because otherwise they they weren't able to to hear their soul, to hear that inner whisper. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I agree for a lot of us. It was it was a silver lining. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very interesting that 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 feels like it happened to a lot of people so much so that a lot of people resigned (laughs) during the pandemic, right? So (laughs) I don't think this is unique to me for sure. No, but I love hearing how you sort of arrived at that decision. And if your friend had approached you a year earlier, who knows, you may not have been able to hear his, you know, hear your soul saying, yes, do it. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. And I, I always look at signs from the universe, I, I feel like, or, or, you know, signs. Yeah. And um, about two weeks before my co-founder now approached me, I remember I was just sitting on my uh, dining table. Like, I, I think it was like 5 p.m. I still remember like mm-hmm. the day. Uh, and I was just sitting there, like probably just finished eating something, just sitting. And I had this download come to me. It was like Mm -hmm. this moment of just knowing on your, on my gut, in my gut. I was like, I I had this epiphany. I don't know. Yeah. It just, it just said something like, Hey, and so what if you fail? Like, like almost like that fear of failure was gone. Because uh-huh. I think that was like a big thing for me um, yeah. in starting a business. I would work with my friends who started businesses, but me starting a business, there was like a huge fear of failure. Yeah. Uh, of what people would think about it. Like, uh, and what if I fail? Like, what 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 are the consequences to me financially speaking? Right. You know, so there was like a lot of fears. Some of them were 
more like abstract, like who cares what other people think, but of course we care. And then two, you know, it was more practical, like, okay, I need to pay my bills, you know, yeah. let me make sure that that can be done if I take this step. Mm -hmm. But anyways, the, the fear of failure in terms of what other people think, I feel at that time somehow went away. Wow. Um, that was a divine was, download. It was a divine download. And like within two weeks, Alex, my co-founder reached out to me from that moment. Yeah. It was very instantaneous, almost like he was like, Hey, I'm looking to start a business. Do you want to co-found one with me? Yeah. And I was like, guess what? I do. Because <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have fear, you know? And of course, at that point we started to, to talk about financials, how we're going to like support each other, you know, through this phase mm -hmm. of like, you know, until we get to revenue and stuff. So, so I made sure that I had that financial foundation ready yeah. and and there so like I wasn't necessarily just going like you know with rose colored glasses mm -hmm. I think is the expression right like oh everything's gonna work out great right. you know immediately because you know I guess having that experience of working in early stage companies I know firsthand how much work it takes how much perseverance yeah. it takes it's not going to be an easy road so I wasn't going into it thinking, oh my God, this is going to be really easy. Mm -hmm. I knew what it takes, but I felt ready to undertake that challenge. And I felt like very compelled to take that step to eventually quit my job to start this company because one, I, you know, had the financial foundations ready. Mm -hmm. My support system was you know, activated. I was like, mom, if yeah. anything, I can stay in your couch. Right. And she's That's... like, yes. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, great. <laughs> so, you know, I did, did, I was very aware that I would have to make, you know, some sacrifices, like no more traveling around all the time. Right. Forget about buying new clothes unless you really need them. Like, you know, don't eat out all the time. So uh -huh. I made a lot of changes to allow myself to take this step, which I think is important to, to be aware that, you know, sometimes you need to make some changes and you have to be willing to do what it takes. Uh-huh. Um, and after you said, after you told your friend, yes, did you have a moment where your brain tried to talk you out of it? Like, what are you thinking? You know, you're gonna. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell me yes. what that was like. Yeah, so we actually stayed in our jobs for like almost six, seven months, okay. kind of working on weekends on. So it took a little bit of time. We, we got to a point where we felt like, okay, we have, we raised a little bit of money and everything uh -huh. and we're ready to go. But as soon as we quit our jobs, we had a major, um, I, I call like existential crisis. Yes. Like the week I quit my job, we're like changing the model. <laughs> And I was like, great, like I just quit my job and we don't know what we're building and for who, right? And, or we had like this big question mark. And, and that was really a moment of like, I was like, okay, don't panic. Mm -hmm. You know, now you have some money, you have a little bit of time, go figure it out. You know, you know, the frameworks to, to take, so, you know, to go from like nothing to idea to execution. Mm -hmm. So I think the fact that I had that experience previously and I was, you know, very interested in, in entrepreneurship, I already knew some of the, at least book wise, I knew mm -hmm. what to do. And I, I had worked with people and in companies to, to build companies. But when you're 
on your own and you have the responsibility and you and you don't you know you, you just have to figure out again and mm -hmm. you have some understanding but yeah it, it it really was a moment where i was like what am i doing you know like why did i do this um but at that point you're like you know i'm committed and that's when you know i had heard so many other entrepreneurs mm -hmm. talk about this before yeah. like how much grit it takes like how much like not giving up it takes you know <laughs> i almost you feel have like to... they yeah like the universe tests you as soon as you like quit your job or take a step then the universe is like are you sure you know yeah and you have that's to, a really that's... good way of looking at it i i honestly had not really thought about it as a test but now that you, <laughs> you said passed. i'm like it was a total <laughs> test and right, so then what happened yeah. Uh, yeah, so then then the universe started helping us actually. So <laughs> a lot of test. <laughs> we passed the test and we made some mistakes early on, like we as as expected, like if you're starting a business, expect to make mistakes. Like yes. that's all I'll say. Um <clears throat> and we we had basically like I said, we changed models. The model that we were working on before, we had already paid an agency a lot of money to build a oh, prototype wow. app that we ended up deprecating. Um, and as I was, you know, a lot of money already went out and mm -hmm. we we were like, you know, we, we, we won't be able to live too long if we have to pay a lot of money to build this new version yeah. of what we were thinking. And at that time I was on Facebook and I saw an ad for um, a no code software Okay. Uh, that you can build platforms and apps for like testing without having to hire engineers you can ah. basically learn and so we we started looking into it and we decided let's give it a shot um and we liked it and my 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 little brother in brazil he's in uh, college for software engineering oh wow and so i started sending him links i was like hey his name is leonardo i was like hey leo can you please take a look at this, like, let me know what you think. Should we, should we go for it? So he started like advising us. That's cool. And, and, and I didn't even know that I knew he like spoke English, but I didn't know how well his English was. <laughs> and so I started bringing him on more and more and more. And, you know, fast forward a little bit, like my, my brother is working with us full time right now. And wow. he's been instrumental in helping us build with this no code software, because That's even so though, neat. yeah, it's not made, it's made for like non-technical people to be able to build. It's still fairly technical. Mm -hmm. We could do it, but it would take us like way longer. Mm -hmm. Like my brother just goes in and he like does things very fast. So, so basically me and my co-founder, my brother built a full platform with this no code tool that is like a few hundred dollars a month wow. to do. And so getting that was instrumental to help us build this new version of what we were envisioning. And it helps us test and iterate really fast mm -hmm. um, and very cost effectively, which is super important if you're starting like a technology company, you just need to have a hypothesis with, you know, of course you talk to your users, you talk to, to your market, you come up with a hypothesis. This is what we think is going to work. Mm -hmm. And then you build it and then you put it out and you get feedback and then you go from there. So you're not spending a lot of time building something that nobody's going to want. Yes. Right. That's, that's so smart because that's with, even if you're not in tech, even if you're, 
you know, a teacher and you're thinking about quitting your job and doing something totally different, you still follow that same pathway. You, you know, beta test it, you, you know, Mm -hmm. take a look at it. What were your results? And then you go back to the drawing board and you start trying something else. Yes, yes. It's very, very relevant to anything in life, really, in in business, especially. But yeah, it is a we call, I think, the lean startup methodology. It's like the technical like way we talk in in tech. But even if you read that book, it's a book, The Lean Startup uh, by Eric Ries. Um, I think you can apply that mentality to and that framework to anything mm-hmm. that you're building that you're that you want to do as you're looking to transition into something else right instead of especially if you if you don't have a lot of experience in the next thing that you're doing if you are even if you do have experience in the next thing you're doing mm-hmm. starting small like having the hypothesis from information that you gather from you know try to talk to people get close to the customer get close to mm-hmm. to those you're looking to service uh understand their pain points mm-hmm. and then start like creating hypotheses as to how you can solve that pain point and then try to create the, the thing as fast as possible we call minimum viable products right so yes. like what is the littlest thing you can do to test if you're in the right direction yes. put it out get feedback and come back and, and build from there. I call it a turtle step. That's what we, I'm in a life coaching program and that's what we study. Like what can the client do that feels like just before the point of overwhelm, like, okay, I can do that little step. Yeah. 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 yeah so that's, that's a really interesting uh, methodology and yeah, just take one step at a time, test it, get feedback go back to the drawing board. If if you got positive feedback, build upon it. What's next? If 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 people are not resonating with it, if if, if you're not getting a, like a, a positive response, then it's like um, the moment to just be very open mm-hmm. and flexible and be like because it's very easy to get stuck and like my idea is so good, you know, why yeah. why don't they get it? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> How many times have y'all had to do the whole hypothesis test it go back to the beginning i would say we're still doing it i think this this is something that you do until you get to what we call market product market fit mm-hmm. um and product market market fit feels like i, I the, the way that i am envisioning or like that i heard feels like is is the moment where you just cannot support the demand like people are just coming there's yeah. word of mouth you know people are you know there's um organic demand for your product right you're yeah. not like it's not sales oriented all the time there's like people are coming to you wanting it mm-hmm. uh, so we are constantly doing it uh and that's how we build product right we we keep creating iterating uh testing and mm-hmm. coming back to the drawing board Right now, I would say like for almost a year, to be honest, we were in what we call like um, in a in a very um, in a place of like figuring a lot of things out and and getting feedback, but not Mm -hmm. feeling that was there, you know, so it took us like a little bit of time about a year, I would say to just test, iterate, put it out, get feedback. And today we we do have our platform live. Uh, We launched in january yeah and we're getting really good uh reception 
mm-hmm. uh, from the market. Of course, not 100% of people are saying yes, but like 15% are, and that feels already really yeah. high. Um, and so we we are, yeah, we are getting good signs from the market. And as we start talking to people, to our customers, they tell us, they're like, you know what would be great if mm-hmm. this happened or if that happened, they're like, oh, have you thought about this? Mm-hmm. So as, and so that's the importance, like we put it out, we talk to people and, and our customers, our, our users are basically telling us what they want to see now, right? Yes. They, they already like what we have, but to make it really interesting to them, we are hearing their feedback. And then it's our job to say, you know, where does this fit into the larger vision? Mm-hmm. Um, can we do this right now? Should we, you know, then you prioritize. But yeah, so but we are still we're still iterating, we're still testing. And and I think even after you get product market fit, when you get to that point, mm-hmm. especially, I mean, I think in any industry, to be honest, but you want to be innovating. I, I want to at least have this innovation mindset mm-hmm. of always looking, okay, we have something that works, but what, what, how can we add more value? Mm-hmm. Is there anything here that we can add, you know, that our customers are asking that would be interesting, maybe as, you know, a separate offering, maybe add more value to them on top of what we already have. Um, so I think it's a constant thing that, you know, most companies, if you stop innovating, you die. Mm, that is so true. Right? Remember we Blockbuster? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember Blockbuster. And so many companies did not pivot when the pandemic happened. You know, they refused to put their classes online. Or I remember talking to a patient who sells um western belt buckles and he said yeah I've had to just close my business because I used to go to all the horse shows and sell my Mm -hmm. belt buckles Mm -hmm. and they're not doing horse shows and I was thinking why would you not contact you know people who like this sort of thing and sell it to organizations and go online and but yeah if you don't innovate you will have to shut down yeah yeah and you know unfortunately I don't know if it's unfortunately but you know, nowadays you have to have some online presence. People are buying mm-hmm. things online all the time. Most people are so used to, you know, buying things online nowadays. Mm-hmm. So being able to have a little bit of, you know, both you can have your offline, let's say, your, you know, mm-hmm. on the ground store and, and sales strategy, but having an online presence with e-commerce or even on Amazon and things like that it gives you another channel to to have sales and to reach people way beyond your surroundings so yeah and i think you know more and more with the pandemic at least in my industry and i think in a lot of industries we're all working from home i think mm-hmm. it, we're we're becoming ever more digitalized yeah in our work uh and i think this trend is here to stay Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, always thinking about how can, how can we digitalize part of our business at least, yeah. you know? And, and you also mentioned asking, um, customers or clients for feedback and not taking it personally, but be being willing to sort of bend. Um, one of my clients said, I really want to meet with you as a coach, but I, you know, I need to exercise. Would you be willing to like do it while I'm walking? <laughs> 
you know, while I'm getting some exercise. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I normally don't, but yes, we could do that. So now she exercises and I said, do you, you know, I'll be exercising too. So we both get our walk. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta be flexible. <laughs> yeah. And so y'all launched in January and mm -hmm. Tell me more about that. Like for people who have no idea what tech companies like this do, kind of put it in layman's terms, if you don't mind. In in terms of what we do? Yeah, yeah, your company. Okay. Yeah, so my company, to better understand what we do, I'll just explain what the pain points are that we are okay. trying to solve. So, so like I said, I'm an avid podcast listener and um, I do have a few folks that I that I really like. Um, and I basically follow them around in different podcasts, right? Yeah. So I'm like, uh, there's this um, guy called Joe Dispenza. I'm not I sure if you're familiar with him, right? Yeah. So anyways, I see something of Joe Dispenza and I listen to it, uh -huh. right? And what I realized listening to him is like it, regardless of what podcast he was on, he always had the same message. I almost could like, memorize mm -hmm. what he says yes he he you know it's like he knows his message you uh -huh. know there's not a lot of, a lot of devi deviation yeah and so i had like this libel moment i was like what if he could prepackage his answers to common questions that he gets and create like a library of his most commonly asked questions and have it in this platform where then any podcaster could go request access to Joe Dispenza's, you know, audio clips, and yeah. they can have an episode with him. Whereas perhaps Joe Dispenza, he's a very busy guy, right? He has a lot going on. You know, he he probably can't be on every podcast that invites him to be on, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, what if his message could be spread to more and more people, but he doesn't necessarily need to be there every time. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, it gives you know, maybe perhaps smaller podcasters, the ability to have Joe Dispenza on, you know, mm -hmm. as a speaker and share his message to his audience, to their audiences. So, so that was like my, the moment of the light bulb and, I, and we started so looking. Smart. Thank you. So we started looking around and, and another thing we found is this part of starting a business is how hard it is to create something that's slightly innovative. Yeah. Like it's been done, it's there, you know, and so we looked around, we're like, no one is really doing this this way. Mm -hmm. um, and so we saw an opportunity to innovate in the space. And um, and so that's what we're building right now. It's a platform that helps, let's say, folks who are entrepreneurs, uh, book writers, anyone who has a message that mm -hmm. they want to, you know, share, they can come to the platform and pre-record basically the set of questions and answers that they would normally want to speak about and share about their books, about mm -hmm. their products and services. Uh, we can create something we call interview kits. Mm -hmm. um, and then podcasters can come to the platform, find this uh, speakers, people who have something to share, request access to their content. Um, and if the speakers feel like that the podcast is aligned with them, they can give them permission to download their content. And in a sense, podcasters can then infuse their voice mm -hmm. in in episodes. So you can create content without necessarily 
having to spend, you know, days, months, some people spend, you know, a lot of time trying to source speakers, mm -hmm. book the interview, yeah, prepare for the interview, record the interview, it, it takes, I don't know, somewhere between, uh, we, we've heard weeks to months sometimes to get yeah. a speaker to come to to talk to you. Um, and then, you know, it gives other opportunities for podcasters, you can sort of create like, what I call a panel type episode yes. where you can I get have like multiple I could have <laughs> yeah multiple <laughs> voices so so we're playing with like different formats um and hoping you know to bring sort of this library of commentary to podcasters and then for speakers they get to be featured way more times than they would yeah. be able to without having to spend you know an hour of their day or more right. know, doing interviews so yeah that's what we're doing it's called Quester um qstr.io mm -hmm. and and the platform is live we're you know doing uh, early access requests right now so we're working with every speaker every podcaster very closely mm -hmm. making sure that they get the most value as possible as we create something that becomes very well oiled yeah then we kind of will open up to to everybody but right now it's open to anyone who's interested and we're working very closely with both podcasters mm -hmm. and people who want to be on podcasts uh, cool. to make that happen. So what yeah. are you doing to not work 24 seven? Cause I know once you start your own company, it's so hard not to pour yourself and pour your soul into it. I know. So I think it, going back to the burnout, right? I, I realized how counter, how counterproductive it is to burn out. Mm -hmm. When I started Quester, after, right after I quit my job to, you know, I had already been sort of doing two jobs at once for yeah. a while. And I think the pandemic, even though I had that pause, I feel like staying home a lot, like it kind of did weigh on me, mentally speaking, a little bit. Like mm -hmm. I felt a little bit, maybe de not depressed, but like kind of depressed, you know? Yeah. So I, and then I had coincidentally some dental work that went wrong so I was in pain wow and I was completely burned out mm -hmm. like for the first month after I quit my job and and I realized at that moment I was like I was scared because I was like I'm starting a business and I have no energy to do anything mm -hmm. I was like fatigued and uh, I needed to sleep a lot. I would get 3 p.m. and my energy was so low, wow. I couldn't function. And, and at that point, I was like, okay, the things that I have control over right now are my diet. Mm -hmm. And so I started there, right? I started really looking at my diet. I, I'm very proactive in that sense. I go and I read. I started following a lot of functional doctors. Yeah. Because I also don't want to spend money right now going to an actual doctor. Right. You can get so much free information from books and podcasts. Yeah. So I started listening to podcasts, reading articles online, really educating myself, talking to people that I, I know are in the field. And so I, I decided to, you know, cut the most common known allergens, mm -hmm. even though I don't feel really bad eating them, like bad in terms yeah. of like having a reaction you know i cut gluten i cut dairy i cut alcohol sugar sugar a lot yeah. of sugar like no pro like basically almost no processed foods mm -hmm. 
and it took a little bit of time but I feel so much better now yeah and um so I think diet is was the first part I was like okay, I have control over this let mm -hmm. me make changes here and after like a month or two, I started noticing the difference. Yeah. I like that um, you had control over it. So that's something you can do something about. Yeah. And then the next thing, once I regained a little bit of energy, I started to do some light exercising, go for walks every day. You know, mm -hmm. I joined a yoga studio. I stopped with Omicron. So like that was pandemic mm -hmm. still is a little of a, a thing. But I, I'm making I'm more intentional about moving my body, which is again, mm -hmm. when you're really tired, it's hard to do. But can you do a little bit and yeah. like add a little bit more? So like like turtle steps, like yes. you said. Uh, so I took that approach to exercising, and it took I mean months. It's mm -hmm. not overnight, but you keep consistent. You keep eating, you know, like not drinking alcohol is huge, mm -hmm. and just paying attention like if I do this how do I feel the next day if I do that and and cutting things that perhaps could be leading me to feel lethargic and stuff mm -hmm. and so I got very serious about making the changes that I knew I needed to do for so long but because mm -hmm. before I was kind of like going by with it but it got to a point where I just I had to to make the changes and I'm glad I did yeah, I miss cheese, but you know, I know. But um, yeah, you got to notice how do you feel afterwards. That's my latest thing with alcohol, you know. And I started saying it's just not worth it. It's not worth how I'm gonna feel the next day, even yeah. with a glass or two. Yeah, I love beer. I love wine. It's been part of like my mm -hmm. person, like not personality, but like of of the rituals with the family and friends. Yeah. We go out, we drink, you know. And not drinking was. Yeah, it still is. Sometimes I miss it, but I drink now. And what I've noticed too, after not drinking for like months, mm -hmm. even if I have one glass, I feel it. Yeah, it's not too bad. So I'm like, um, you know, what I give myself the ability, the permission to have one or two drinks a week. Mm -hmm. Whereas before, I was maybe having one a day. You right. know, like after work, you pop a beer and you're like, yeah, hey, you know, I'm done. Let's drink. Uh huh. So now I'm like, no, no more. Um, yeah. And it feels better. So I'm feeling better overall. I have a lot more energy. Mm -hmm. So I think that was, um, those are some things that I did that were really good. And then another thing, going back to Joe Dispenza, yeah. meditation, uh -huh. right? I do his meditations uh, often, not every day, but I do his meditations often. And not only his meditations, others, um, mm -hmm. guided meditations, um, but taking a minute to to just kind of pause and like for 10, 20 minutes, go inside and, and meditate is, is hugely beneficial. And, and ultimately, like, you know, going back to your, your question of how do I avoid like burnout yeah. or not working so much now that I am a founder, because that narrative still lives. And even some of my advisors at this company, they say, you know, mm -hmm. even if you have to work until 3 a.m. to mm -hmm. get something done, and I'm like, I'm like, I can't, right. you know, I can't work until 3 a.m. because I'm going to be dead the next day mm -hmm. and I'm most productive in the morning. Right. Like I can wake up early and get stuff done until like 3 p.m. It's like my prime time mm -hmm. in terms of energy and focus. So I think that's when you have to be really real with yourself and like learn 
to understand yourself because you can you know this guy that that, that said that um, he wasn't trying to to you know he was trying to be helpful <laughs> and I, I admire him you know i think he's super successful super sharp and it's very easy for you to see someone like that and you're like man you know i'm not doing that and and i did talk this through with my therapist i was like i felt like I was like, oh my God, what if my business fails? It's gonna be my fault because mm -hmm. I'm not working until 3 a.m. I should be. Yeah. And so you gotta work through that and and kind of and then go back to like, okay, do I want to burn out? Yeah. Is that gonna be good for my business? No. Is this thought helpful? No. <laughs> no. And so and me and my co-founder Alex, like I said initially, we have very similar values, and one mm -hmm. of the things that we very that we value a lot is you know, respect for each other's mental health mm -hmm. and like, a, like really looking if we want to build a business that will be realistic about the fact that we are humans mm -hmm. and that we are different. Right. Yeah. And that even like us women, like one thing that I am learning myself right now is like how our cycles impact our energy levels. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So like when, you know, you're getting close to your cycle, I get a lot more introspective, a lot less mm -hmm. energetic. And when I'm in the cycle, it becomes even more like, yeah, you know, so it's hard to be out and, and doing things mm -hmm. and, and being super, you know, social extroverted. Yeah. So um, when I know that I'm going to be in that phase of the month, I yeah. try if possible to to not schedule a lot of calls every day mm -hmm. to do more like work on on execution mm -hmm. where i'm like on my own doing things you know i get very creative so like how can you pay attention to things like that and and perhaps adapt your your schedule That's to fascinating to you know honoring basically our cycles it's very hard to do, to be honest, mm -hmm. but I try, you know, uh, or at least if I'm feeling very low energy, I don't feel guilty. I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, this is the time of the month. Yeah, I, at I least become notice. more compassionate to myself. You know, mm -hmm. I don't think there's some, something wrong with me. So, so yeah, I realize that it's more beneficial to me and my business if I don't burn out, if I don't hit the wall. And so I, I'm very, you know, I, I push, I really mm -hmm. push. But I don't push to a point of no return. Right. And and finding that very fine line takes a little bit of trial and error, perhaps, but it's worth paying attention and and not going with, you know, like the narrative of hustling all the time. Uh -huh. Sleep yes. is so important, you know, but again, take some responsibility, right? Like change your habit, change what you can. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I feel like I'm doing everything I possibly can to be as sharp as I possibly can for my business, for myself, for my family, mm -hmm. for my friends. Um, but I'm not necessarily, you know, I'm pushing, but I'm not, I'm pushing it smart. I feel yeah. like at this point. Yeah. That makes so much sense and give yourself permission to take care of yourself and to notice and to yes. educate yourself if you don't know, like, what should I be eating and, you know, all the hormone stuff, like, you know, instead of watching crap TV, find a podcast yes. with Mark Hyman or somebody who knows functional medicine and listen to that. Yeah. If there's one advice I have for everyone, 
is learn about functional medicine. Yeah. I really believe in our ability to heal ourselves through, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm doing the best that I can to not ever need to take a prescription pill in my life. Yeah. That's my goal mm-hmm. because I don't like the side effects that I get from them. Mm-hmm. And I, and I feel like that they are crutches. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. And, and if you learn about functional medicine and how people are healing from like things that are, you know, known as being autoimmune disease and mm-hmm. things like that, they're healing, you know, and then yes. you're like, how are they healing? I can mm-hmm. heal too, you know, but you need to be willing to make certain changes to your lifestyle, to your diet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can even talk if about you start this slow. for hours. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> we'll have to have you back to do a functional medicine talk. I'm not an expert, but I've I've used the principles and I've been able to get off of medication like for a thyroid disease, basically, and I feel great after yeah. it. For something that I, I yeah, I was told there was you know, genetics and I, I would always have to take a pill for it. For, mm. So yeah. I love this. I think it's so inspiring for women to hear you admit that you've hit burnout several times and you still may go through it again in the future, but you're doing things that you can do and you're making small steps and just being aware and sort of being an observer. Yes. Yes. Ultimately, you know, I take this approach to life that we are students. Mm. We're always learning, right? And um, I'm about to turn 40. <laughs> and I was, you know, thinking the other day, like this changes like the, the, the main understanding and integration of this new lifestyle for me happened like last year. Yeah. And I was like, why did it take so long for me to to get to this point? You know, mm. I could have perhaps done this way before. But again, you know, like I said, we're always learning. I'm sure Mm -hmm. I have so much more to learn. Um, And so I'm just very open and and I I, I like seeing life as being this journey of learning. Mm -hmm. And that keeps you on your toes. And you're just like, you know, I am. Yeah, if I'm 40, 50, whatever comes as far as learning, I'm taking it and I'm, you know, integrating it as best as I can. You're in earth Um, school. Earth school. Yeah. (laughs) It's fun. Yeah. (laughs) If you make it fun. (laughs) It is, it can be fun and it can't, you can flunk a grade and have to go back and relearn that lesson. And (laughs) yes. Yes. Michelle, thanks so much for coming today. Tell our listeners where they can find more about your company and follow you on social media. Yeah, so uh, my company is uh, Quester.io. It's spelled Q-S-T-R dot I-O. Um, so you can request early access there if you're you know, wanting to be on podcasts or our podcasts are interested in the speakers uh, content that we have. And on social media, um, my name is Michelle Gobato. I think my handle on Instagram is just my name. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I think Instagram, I'm also on, on LinkedIn. If anyone professionally wants to connect there, uh, I'm always happy to connect with people. Uh, it's also Michelle Gobato, my name. So easy, easy peasy, awesome. lemon squeezy. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, Hope. I, it was a pleasure to be here. 
Here are the take-home points from today's episode. Number one, having a hustle mentality, working late hours, and constantly pushing, especially during times of uncertainty, are the ingredients for burnout and mental depletion. Number two, our nervous systems try to adapt to high-stress environments, but our bodies know we can't function like this for long. Unfortunately, we don't listen to our bodies or acknowledge the signs. Mental fatigue and aversion to stimulation of any kind are two possible signs that you're burned out. Number three, to truly connect with your soul and get in alignment, you'll need space and time to get quiet and notice what it is you long for with your future. This cannot happen while you're distracted and in the middle of the rat race of life. Number four, getting quiet allows divine downloads, which are sort of like signs pointing you in the right direction and giving you reassurance. Number five, after you take a leap, it's not unusual to have a big crisis happen. But don't worry, this is like a test before you start your journey. Just stay the course, keep faith, and you'll pass the test. Number six, if you keep innovate, if you don't innovate and problem solve, you die. Number seven, control the things you can control when you start feeling overwhelmed, like what you eat, how much you sleep, alcohol, moving your body. Be consistent and keep asking yourself, how does this feel and adjust accordingly? Thank y'all for listening. It was so much fun talking to you today. All right, if you are ready to make some major changes in your life, if you're at the point where you are sick and tired of feeling stuck and directionless and you really don't know what to do next or where to go, maybe it's time we had a little chat. So I have it set up on my website. You can schedule a free 30-minute discovery call and we'll sit down and decide if we're a good fit. Maybe you'd prefer group coaching. Maybe you need one-on-one coaching or maybe you just want to talk and and say hello. So go on over to my website. It's coachhopecook.com. That's H-O-P-E-C-O-O-K.com and schedule the free discovery call. And I can't wait to talk to you. So See you next week, and hopefully I'll talk to some of you before that.